Welcome back. Welcome back to the Success 101 Podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren, and I'm very excited to bring you this recording this morning simply because I have gotten quite a few responses from you lately, a few comments from you, and it's been uh, really interesting because these comments are coming in from all over the, uh, the, the nation, and they all center, a lot of them lately have centered around the exact same thing, and that's this idea of fear or courage, or anxiety, or just not being able to move forward. And uh, you guys may have heard, if you're a regular, my recording that I did on Facing Fears and Man's Search for Meaning, where I did a mashup, almost a almost like a book review, but it was more of a topical review of Mark Batterson's In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day and Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. And both of those were just saying, hey, if we're going to lick this fear, if we're going to conquer this fear... We've got to figure out what our purpose is here, what we're doing, what we're trying to strive for and go for every single day. And so I would tell you guys that um, what one of the people that wrote me basically just, I'm paraphrasing here a little bit, but it's, it's going to be close. He basically just said, look, I've gotten to the point in my life now just in my maturity as a man and a successful business owner and all the things that I do with my family and I've used uh, excuses. I have used excuses for procrastination. I've used excuses for not getting things done and for laziness and for a lot of different things that haven't allowed me to excel to the point that I wanted to. And this, this guy's really successful, by the way, so I was surprised to hear him say this. But he said, I think what I'm learning in my maturity is that all of those things are really masked by an overlying, deeper, arching umbrella. It's all underneath an umbrella of fear. And I just haven't seen it for that because, of course, I'm a you know, tough guy, right? I'm, I'm, you know, we, we see fear a lot of times as weakness. And several of you have written in and saying, hey, the, the whole fear part of that recording that you did was great, or I'm dealing with these other fears in my life. Can you expand on that a little bit more? And so I'm going to go ahead and dive in with you this morning. And uh, this would be Facing Our Fears Part 2. And what I did was I went back to a lot of the notes that I'd taken on topical uh recordings that I did, on book recordings that I did. You'll hear a lot, if you're a regular listener, of some of the same things that you've heard in here. And some of these ideas can branch out into procrastination. They can branch out into anxiety or laziness or whatever it is that's keeping you from getting things done. But remember, most of that comes in this overarching uh, fear category. And if we can get courage, if we can build our courage every single day, which keep in mind, this is not a weakness this is actually very important that you admit if you're not get moving forward on things and you've been calling it procrastination or some of those other things, very important that you identify it as fear if that's what it is, and uh, most of it is rooted in some of that. So we're going to go ahead and dive into some of that and keep sending in your comments. Uh, people have been more, more, more vulnerable with me as they've gotten into these recordings and started to pick out things that they're realizing about themselves, and that is awesome because it's helping with some deep reflection to hopefully help you, you know, move past these walls and get on to your, uh, to your highest potential each day, as we talk about all the time. So, guys, did you know that courage comes from the Latin and French words for heart? I'm not sure if you realize that. I didn't. But just as your heart pumps blood to all of your vital organs and your arms and your legs, you know, we don't exist without a heartbeat, you're not going to be able to live your life to the fullest potential without courage. I would argue that. I would think that it is going to be your highest key uh, trait that you can lock in each day is courage. And before just thinking about all of these things, um, 
you know, we're in a moment where we're challenged to step up. We're, we're in a moment where we have to embrace these ideas. And instead of just thinking through them, we have to take action. We have to move forward and take action. So remember, the heartbeat of living your life to the maximum potential is going to start with courage, I would argue. And remember, guys, you're not alone. That's a very important thing to remember about courage and fear is the biggest thing is that you're not alone. So many people get afraid at different times. And I I went through my life way too long thinking that this fear was certain, uh, you know, certain other things or that I wasn't afraid because I thought that that might be a, you know, a sign of weakness or something like that. And that's just not the case. All of the people we admire, especially in the world of sports or business or things like that, they all get fearful and they may have mastered fear in certain areas. And that's impressive and they can look really good on the outside, but they still move through certain areas of their life with fears. And they would admit that to you. Um, Tiger Woods, an interview I saw one time, he said, hey, the day that I'm not nervous when I step up to the first tee is the day that I'm quitting, the day that I'm done. And that was back whenever he was really in his prime and he was winning, um, you know, consistently. Greatest golfer in the world, right? Those nerves, though, are what give people like him and other athletes and business people the energy to move forward and the, the good pressure to move forward with. And when those nerves occur, you can either get upset about it and shrink back in fear, or you can use that as power and say, look, I'm going to channel that energy forward. I'm going to bust through this wall. I'm going to move forward. I'm not going to let that fear dictate nervousness. I'm going to let it dictate excitement. I'm going to take this. It's the same energy, right? That creates nervousness or creates excitement. Um, Bill Russell uh, you may have heard my recording about him before, but Bill Russell, one of the best athletes in the world, uh, certainly one of the best basketball players ever of all time, but he's the only athlete to ever win an NCAA championship, a gold medal, and a professional basketball championship in the same year. <laughs> That's amazing, right? But think about this. He threw up before every single game before every single game. How is it possible that someone that good, one of the best in the world, could get so nervous that he would throw up before every single game? Uh, Henry Fonda, old school actor. I don't know a lot about Henry Fonda, but I was reading this uh, in a book at one point where he you know, was 70 years old and had done you know, amazing things in the world of acting and theater and those sort of things and just go, go down in history, you know, Hall of Fame of Acting. And he would throw up before every single performance, even whenever he was in his 70s. So the issue here is not to get rid of our fears. I want to I hammer that home. It's not to get rid of our fears. It's to feel it. It's to know we're not alone and go do what needs to be done. And this is one of my favorite ideas around courage is that you're not alone. And our goal is not to eliminate fears like a lot of us think that we need to do. We shouldn't eliminate it because that feeling that makes us nervous is also the same feeling that's going to make us excel, make us thrive, make us move forward with this greater version of ourself each day than what we're living right now and really maximize our full potential. I was reading some things a while back about Aristotle. You know, 2,500 years ago, he had this, uh, this virtuous mean mean that he talked about as far as um, when it comes to courage. And when he talked about courage specifically, he talked about the fact that that's right at the virtuous mean. And we've got vices on either side of that virtuous mean. And the vice of deficiency is on one side, and the vice of excess is on the other. And so courage can be a vice of deficiency. We can have cowardice. We don't have enough courage. We're cowardly. We're fearful. 
it's scary. We're running the other way. <clears throat> that's one half of the equation, though. The other half is we have too much courage, he talked about, and that's the vice of excess, where we're actually rash. We're, uh, you know, it's like um, jumping out of an airplane without a parachute because you're so excited to be skydiving. You don't even remember to put your parachute on. You just jump, right? I don't know. That's maybe a silly analogy. But he said to embrace this fear, not get overwhelmed by it, but also not ignore it to where we're just rationally just rushing through our day and we've got to find the virtuous mean right in the middle. That's where the courage, fear, and the courage, excitement come together and really where you thrive. And, you know, you've also got to be, you've heard me say over and over, you've got to be willing to fail. One of the uh, books that I was reading called it Mistakes, just like whenever you're talking about actors. It's a mistake. We just made a mistake. We've got to do another take. We've got to do the scene again. We can't have this fear of failure. We've got to cultivate courage and just understand that, hey, we've got to have this healthy relationship with failure. If you study greatness, if you study these performers like I'm talking about, even just across history, what you're going to find is that they failed. Many of them failed the most. How is that possible? The most successful people in the world have failed the most. Well, I'd say... My opinion is if you want to be good at anything, you've got to figure out how to be bad at it for a little while or realize that you're bad at it to realize how to become great and move past that. Babe Ruth, one of the greatest home run hitters ever, uh, was also the strikeout king five times. Michael Jordan, one of the records he actually holds is missed shots. Missed shot, most missed shots uh, over the course of his career. And he's like, so what? Of course I miss a career. Uh, of course I miss shots over my career. But no one would argue he's one of the greatest basketball players of all time, if not the greatest. In my mind, he's the greatest. But you look at people that failed over and over and how they exceed and thrive, and I'm, I'm thinking if we're not failing over and over, we're not going to realize our mistakes. We're not going to realize when we need to do things over. We're not going to realize whenever we need um, practice, We not you know any of those sort of things. And so we end up moving forward and creating bad habits that we just continue to stick, you know, stick with over and over. Thomas Edison, you've heard me talk about him before in creating the light bulb, mostly around the concept of sleep. Before the light bulb was created, we as Americans were sleeping for 10 plus hours a night. Now we sleep a little bit less than seven. So one really good invention that we would all, you know, argue that we like light has also helped, you know, with our or not not helped with our sleep. But that's because we're allowing that to happen. But he, pretty incredible story, he had over a thousand patents under his name, a little over a thousand patents, and failed over and over and over. He failed thousands upon thousands of times. And he didn't think of it as failure. If you look back at his writings, he looked at it as one more way not to do it. That's how he approached it. He learned a little bit more each time. He had that growth mindset that you hear me talk about before, where we're an experimenter. We're experimenting with life. We're in the lab. We've got the lab coat and the goggles on. And when an experiment goes one way or the other, we don't care. It's just data, right? We don't get upset. Um, hey, I had, a, I had a plan here, and it didn't work. It didn't pan out. Okay, so I've got to get back to work. Lanny Basham, you've heard me mention that before. When he would miss shots, he would just say, that's interesting. When he would make shots, he would say, that's like me. But he never beat himself up over and over. He just said, look, I know I'm better than that. I know that I've trained and practiced for this. So it's really interesting that I missed that shot and became one of the most decorated Olympians of, uh, in, in world, uh, most decorated Olympians and world champions and um, rifle shooters of, of all times. 
certain authors that I've read talk about how things go with certain things, right? There's just certain flows in our life that go with certain things. And failure and success have to go together. And that's a very interesting concept because we always think about failure as a stumbling block instead of stepping stones as we should. And that's when we're going to become extraordinary. Certain things go together. Failure and success have to go together if you're really going to move and achieve uh, and build to higher levels in your life. Okay. We also want to make sure, guys, that we're stretching. We're stretching ourselves, but we're not snapping. And that can happen very easy. Uh, easily in our business. We want to make baby step progress toward bringing on more and more work and more tasks uh, in our life. And we want to stretch and not snap. We want to pull so, we don't want to pull so hard that we get in our panic zone. That's a great way to become burnout. Uh, If you're feeling an extraordinary amount of fear, check in and see if you need to recalibrate your goals. You know, pick a goal that you are 50% likely to hit. You don't need to go after the 1% possibility all the time. You want to string together a bunch of little wins. Find your next 50% stretch goal, something that's going to stretch you and get you a little bit out of your comfort zone, and it's a 50-50 shot of hitting it so that you can win. You can build toward it. And that 50-50, guys, there may be some eyebrows that go up whenever I say that. It's like, why, why would... You know, why would Jared coach toward 50%? And the reason I say that is because so many people chase after those 1% goals, those high overarching uh, goals that, in, in my opinion, sometimes are way too high, way, way unattainable. They're chasing after those. They're stretching after those. And what happens a lot of times is they end up getting burnout. They end up becoming defeated. They end up chasing after something with all their might that was never really in the cards for them to hit. And so much research out there would tell you that if you go for a 50-50 goal where you say, look, I might hit this, and I'm going to work like heck to try to do so, or you know what, I might not, and if I don't, I'm going to learn from it. Well, look at this. When you set a 50-50 goal, whether you win or whether you don't hit it, you're going into it with the right mindset of I may hit it or I may not, but I'm going to go for it. I'm going to give it all that I've got. I'm going to commit to doing this every single day. And if you don't win... It's not the worst thing in the world. You still learned a ton from it that you can now build on. Whereas if you chase after that 1% goal, that super high, maybe unattainable goal, it's not a smart goal, it's not measurable, it's not attainable sometimes, you, you could become so defeated that you don't even want to get up and try again. So that's what I mean by the 50% stretch goal. You may hit it, you may not hit it, but it's still a stretch goal that's going to push you to higher levels and and you're going to win either way because you're either going to learn from your failure and it's going to be feedback or you're going to move forward and you're going to win and then you're going to continue to build on what you learned in either situation instead of having the burnout, the defeat, the negative attitude. And, uh, and I'd encourage you all to think about it that way. So stretch, 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 but don't snap, right? You guys may have uh, read The Pilgrim's Progress. It stars a guy named Christian who's on this mission <clears throat> fighting these, <clears throat> excuse me, fighting these demons and these, you know, these monsters and these spirits. And he's got this magic shield, so to speak, in this journey. And the interesting thing is as long as he's got this magic shield and he's going straight at those challenges, he is almost invincible. But if he turns around and runs away then he becomes extremely vulnerable to everything that he is trying to uh, to conquer. So 
It may seem silly, guys, but try to imagine that you've got this invisible shield, just like Pilgrim's Progress says. We want to make sure that we're looking at it as, I am moving forward, I've got this shield in front of me. Now, we know we're not invincible, right? We're, we're, we're not going to have so much power that we, you know, that we get rash and we go to the other side of Aristotle's mean, you know, virtuous mean. But we are not avoiding challenges. We've got our shield in front of us. We're moving straight at them. If we get knocked down, we're going to brush ourselves off and get back up, and we're going to put our shield forward and just keep going forward. It may seem like a silly example. Those of you that have uh, read The Pilgrim's Progress are probably, you know, um, you're blending with that very well. You're probably saying, like, yeah, I mean, I've never thought about it that way before. I had a guy tell me that just last week when I told him that idea. He's like, yeah, I never thought about it that way before, but that was a great book. If I could just live like Christian with the shield and just keep moving forward, then uh, then I'm going to be a lot better off. And I would encourage you all guys all to read Pilgrim's Progress if you've never read it before. Old school um, book that has so many uh, great uh, spiritual and life learning lessons in it. It's, uh, it's a must read out there. So go get that as well. You guys may have heard also uh, John Elliott. He wrote a, uh, a book called Overachievement and talks about the science or the art of extraordinary achievement. And he looks at what separates great performers from average performers. And one of the key differences is the great performers can get themselves into a trusting mindset, he calls it, where they turn off all that internal dialogue, all that self-talk, that self-sabotage, or am I doing this okay, am I not doing this okay? And he says they just let it rip. They're fearless. They go for it. And he tells us we've got to eat stress like it's an energy bar. When we feel the stress, when we feel this tension pop up, anytime we're going to perform, he says that energy that's popping up or that that fear, that stress, it's natural. It's part of the process. Anytime you're doing something that you care about, anytime that means something to you, well, of course you're going to feel this energy. You're going to have nervousness. You're going to have butterflies. But he says you want to make sure that you're you're making sure you're aware of how you're interpreting that energy because if you interpret it in a way that creates anxiety by imagining negative outcomes or, or replaying past events in your mind, it's going to eat you alive. He says, land those butterflies and let it rip rather than having these fears eat you up. And you want to look at that stress, you want to face it head on, and you want to eat it like an energy bar. I love that analogy. Another analogy I heard was race car drivers. You know, picture this big engine in the car. They've got to have this big engine if they're going to win that's going to perform. And no one that is in a race would swap out a V12 engine for a V4, right? It might be an easier ride. It might be a little easier to handle. It might be smoother. But what you want to get good at is eating stress like an energy bar. You want to learn how to manage that powerful engine, that powerful V12 force to where even if the ride is bumpy, even if the ride is a little hard to control, you are still racing forward. You're letting it rip, as Elliot said, and you're eating that stress like an energy bar. I love that. I'd say that all day long. Just tell yourself that. Eat this stress like an energy bar. Face it head on like Christian in the Pilgrim's Progress, and don't turn around and run for it. Another big point here, guys, is to breathe. You've heard me mention this over and over. So fear is said to be excitement without the breath. What does that mean? When you think about it, guys, when you're afraid, what happens? A couple of things tend to happen, whether you realize it or not. 
you have the same thought in your mind, maybe from past experiences, going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, and you can't tend to get, you seem to can't uh, not be able to get rid of it. But your breathing, scientists would tell you, becomes very shallow. Your your brain goes very, uh, your brain goes uh, into kind of lockdown mode. Your breathing gets very shallow. You're you're protecting your body from this fear that's creeping up on you. You're kind of in the fight or flight mode that your your body instantly starts going into, or the negative thoughts mode. And breathing, guys, this is something that I've told you I've turned a 180 on. I used to maybe think this was a little phony, but breathing, so much research around it shows that a centering breath, as research and scientists call it, and neurologists call it, a, a centering breath where you breathe into a count of four. It makes me want to breathe just talking about it. You breathe into a count of four, and you breathe out to a count of six. And it's really, you've heard me say before, on the out breath where the most relaxation and centering comes from so rather than just firing off that email at somebody that you you know reactionary uh, response to something rather than just popping off at somebody whenever they say something that you don't like you want to internalize that you want to feel that fight or flight come on and whether it's a fight or a flight it could become negative either one if you do it without um, you know resting in it for a second but whenever you're connecting with your breath it is one of the most powerful ways to center yourself it lowers your blood pressure it lowers your stress and anxiety and it's going to allow you to channel your focus to where it needs to go to where something that might have been very fearful that you would flee from or very fearful that you would want to fight in a very rash and aggressive way that could hurt you as well you want to center yourself you want to take some time to think through it breathe into a count of four breathe out to a count of six and you're going to be a lot better off in any situation by viewing fear in the proper form where you're resting and then you're responding okay so if you don't believe me either you can believe believe this or not believe it just like i didn't believe it for so long but if you don't believe me just try it pause the recording try it right now deep breathe into a count of six and a deep breath is where you fill up your gut first and then let the air come up and fill up your chest Instead of filling up your chest first, which is going to keep everything kind of tight up the, you know, the top part of your body. Breathe in, fill up your gut, count of four, hold for a couple of seconds, and then breathe out to a count of six. And that's a centering breath. Jason Selk talks about this. Mark Devine in his book, Unbeatable Mind, talks about this. There's so much research around breathing and centering yourself that I encourage you all and hope you all do it. And I also hope this whole idea of fear is excitement. You're really, uh, you're really bracing that as well. As Elliot said, these butterflies that are in you, you've got to calm those butterflies. Fear is excitement without the breath. Okay. So think about fear and expectations as well. Imagine, just think with me here for a second. I know you can't, I'm not on video here, you can't see it, but just imagine these this spectrum and there's expectations and there's negative expectations on one side, there's positive on the other. If you have a negative mindset going into something and you're all the way over to the left on a negative mindset of expectations, you're going to have negative thoughts, you're going to have anxiety, you're going to have fear versus over on the positive side when you have positive expectations and you're moving forward in power. And if you want to shift from fear to excitement, notice in your brain. Pick it up. Notice how you do this. Check in with yourself on this, how you can shift with the same feelings you have. And you can do this in a moment's notice. You can take fear and anxiety, and you can identify those thoughts as negative, and you can immediately see them for what they are. And then you can shift to the positive, and you can take the energy and excitement that was once causing you to be fearful 
and you can move forward in power. You won't be as fragile. You'll be anti-fragile, as we've talked about before. You'll bend, but you won't break. You'll move forward with excitement. You'll say, bring it on instead of running away, as we oftentimes do. And I guarantee you, if you think a negative thing's going to happen going into a situation and that's your expectation, you're, there's no way you can take that fear and turn it into a very positive thing to move forward with, okay? And you don't even want to be in the I'm not sure category, to be honest with you. You don't want to be like, I'm not sure this could be really fearful. You almost maybe have to fake it till you make it sometimes and not think about things as being horrible, but think about things maybe for the first time ever, shifting over to the positive side, imagining yourself uh, moving forward in a way, the visualization that we talk about all the time on the Miracle Morning. Imagine yourself moving forward in positivity, in power. Imagine your outcomes. Imagine what's going to happen when you do these things that you might be really fearful about. And your fear is going to move from a negative outcome or or, uh, thought to more of a positive thought. Challenge your negative thoughts with those ideas and those feelings. And it's not easy, right? In the moment, we're probably going to react more than we sit back and think for a second. But the more you do that, the more you train your mind to go from a state of fear and negativity to power and excitement, the better you're going to be. There's a concept out there called uh, that I read about called reversal of desire. So we move forward in these situations where we think things are going to be a little bit painful and we start moving forward and then all of a sudden we go, nope, 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 I want to avoid this. I've got to get out of this. This is too fearful. I don't want to keep moving forward. You probably heard me talk about the tools, uh, the authors of the tools, and they've got this really practical book. I would encourage you to go look at it, uh, the, the tools about facing life, life's challenges. And they say that we want to reverse our desire. Anytime we find ourselves being nervous about something or afraid of something or over-anxious about something, rather than what it will take to avoid that situation, we want to reverse our desire. We want to get excited about it. And why do we want to get excited about it? Because all potential exists on that other side of fear, on that spectrum of fear between nervousness and power. All of our positive virtues are going to come, and all of our positive actions are going to come out on the other side of that. So picture this wall. Uh, They talk about this wall of fear. And on one side is a comfort zone. On the other side is infinite possibilities uh, on the other side where, uh, where fears are. So when we're in our comfort zone and we try to, like, go through that wall to the infinite possibilities on the other side where it's fearful, we get a little bit excited. We try to go through that, and we go, nope, back in the comfort zone. Hey, there's infinite potential over there. I should go chase that. Nope, I want to be back in my comfort zone. That potential is on the other side of the wall, and when we know that, when we know that fear is on the other side of the wall and that getting out of our comfort zone is going to move us forward to be able to take things on more powerfully more powerfully, and reach our highest potential, rather than trying to avoid pain and fearful things and stay in our comfort zone, we want to reverse that desire, they say in the book, and we want to say, bring it on. My growth depends on me getting on the other side of this wall where the infinite possibilities are. And yes, it's fearful. Yes, it's fearful. And this is going to be a little bit, whew, this is going to be a little bit tough to go on. But when you've got the bring it on mentality, that same nervous feeling is going to now start building into excitement. Think about that. Have you ever thought about the same thing that makes you fearful and makes you really paralyzed with fear? If you have a bring it on mentality, it could be the same thing that moves you forward in the bring it on mentality to where you go and conquer those fears. It's the same feeling, but you can respond one way or the other to it. 
Okay, so remember, they talk about breathing uh, as well on a podcast that I heard, the Authors of the Tools, and uh, talk about breathing and talk about the uh, all these other tools that you can use to really hack into these <laughs> these life ideas and these life potentials to really maximize your potential each day. One of the things they also mention is kind of a three-step process where they say, look, step one, you identify your fear and you breathe. Step number two, you shift from a negative expectation to a positive expectation and you do what? You breathe again. Step three also involves breath. Breathe into a count of four, out to a count of six, but now you're imagining the best possible outcome that you can feel and what what you're striving toward and you have that bring it on mentality and you've got to practice this right it doesn't just happen you don't just hear this recording or read that book or go out and hear somebody else say the same thing jason Selk, whoever and go hey breathing bring it on mentality okay i'll just go do that today uh and i'll be a lot better off you've got to train yourself to do this over time okay first step remember get excited breathe into a count of four breathe out to a count of six Bring it on. Feel your body relaxing. Feel your body winding down. Feel your body starting to engage with that fear. Then have the positive expectation, as they say, where you then continue to breathe through this. And you go, you know what? I'm identifying this for what it is. I thought at one point this was really scary. I think I can actually move forward with this. This is going to be good for me. Continuing to breathe, right? Not overreacting, not just running away or rushing into it too quickly. But then the last time you breathe deeply again and you're visualizing, you're seeing the ultimate outcome, you're breathing out to a count of six again, taking it very slowly, and what's happening? You are you are fighting, and you're fighting in the right way. You're fighting with power and excitement and control, and you're going to build that muscle in your brain. You're going to rewire the pathways in your brain where you check in with fear and we know that fear is excitement and you say bring it on you're going to be a lot better off you're going to move toward your ultimate potential you're going to move to the other side of fear and you're going to be way better off so guys i hope you uh, that was a quick rundown it was part two of fear i didn't want to go into the other things of uh a fear that i'd already done before and and overlap some of that even though most of it does overlap but if we do just a quick recap here just remember that courage is the absolute you know is you know courage is the absolute virtue there or absolute necessity characteristic you have to have to have you know the the heartbeat right it's the heartbeat of you moving forward uh with conquering fear you have to have courage but we also have to understand that it's not just going to happen overnight we're not alone in this we're all dealing with this think about aristotle's mean right you don't want to have so much anxiety that you run away and you don't want to have so much courage that you run into it irresponsibly. We want to stretch. We don't want to snap. We want to set goals that make sense, smart goals. Think about that magic shield, as silly as it may sound, and just keep moving forward. Don't turn around and run away. And you really have to have a trusting mindset, as I mentioned a second ago. You have to trust your brain. You have to trust yourself. You can't have the self-sabotage. You've got to move forward and you've got to trust and you've got to train and just know that I'm tackling this fear head on. I'm not going to run away from it anymore. I had a guy write in the other day and just say, look, I'm just sick and tired of running away from the things. Again, another very successful person. I was very surprised to hear them say this. I'm sick and tired of running away from the things that I know are going to make me better. I want to face all of this head on. And I would have thought, (laughs) I would have thought that this guy's 
you know, was somebody that's just tackling things head on, getting stuff knocked out every single day. Uh, but we all deal with it. You're not alone. You, you have to understand you're not alone, and it's going to take time. You've got to be willing to fail. Failure is feedback. As Zig Ziglar says uh, in, in a lot of his talks, failure is an event. It's not a person. It doesn't define who you are. It was just an event that happened that you can learn from. We've got to all remember to breathe and not run away quickly and also not run into things too quickly to where we're not thinking about it or we're, we're rash in that and we're not thinking about it the right way. And then you also have to look at fear and expectations. Is my expectation negative that I'm going into this or is my expectation with power that I'm going into this, I'm going to go handle it and conquer it, conquer my fear. Uh, I encourage you all to take these, and there's a lot more, right? This is, I always kind of say we're skimming the surface here because what can you, you know, you're talking about conquering fear. I'm not going to teach you in one recording or two recordings how to conquer fear. It is a lifetime, and for some of you, it uh, will happen faster on certain things, and then other fears, it takes you longer to conquer. But just imagine, just, you know, as Darren Hardy talks about in the compound effect, just little percentages, little wins along the way that you're chalking up. I'm failing. I'm learning from it. I'm getting back up. I'm moving forward. I'm failing. I'm learning from it. I'm getting back up and I'm moving forward. Some of you may get frustrated because it's going to take a lifetime to lick some of these fears that you have. Hopefully not, but uh, but some of them are just big, and that's good. That means it's a, it's a big task you're taking on. It probably means a lot to you, and that's why you continue to be fearful about it. But just think about it as... Uh, locking in these things that we just talked about and all the other things that are said in a lot of these podcasts around fear and courage and anxiety and nervousness and all of those, lock those in and you're going to have, again, as Darren Hardy talks about, this compounding, you know, 1%, 1%, 1%, or uh, some, uh, I can't remember the author right now, just talking about 4%. If we can just grow by 4% every single day or every single week, that looks like little tiny measurements that we're growing there. We may get frustrated that change isn't happening faster, but just remember, can I get 4% better today? Can I get 4% better uh, tomorrow? Can I just continue to do that? And what you're going to realize is after you get out a quarter, after you get out six months, after you get out six years, you're going to be so much further ahead than the version of yourself you would have been by living in that fight or flight reactionary state like most of us do. It's just the it tends to be like the American way, just to be covered by fear and anxiety. But the great ones, what do they do? They take that fear and anxiety. They admit that they're nervous. They throw up before basketball games. They throw up before performances, and they move forward. They continue to push forward. So thanks so much, guys, for letting me spend some time with you today. And I want to start bringing a lot more of these types of uh, things to you where we really drill down on a lot of the big key concepts that we've talked about over time in uh, in the books and articles and things like that and i hope you take this and just go and rock it remember eat stress like an energy bar go take care of it